Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast of our Sunday morning teaching. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. We're talking about a life that matters and today we're talking about connected. Everybody say connected. I want you to, if you have a pen, I'd like you to write this down, but you know, life is better when we're connected. Now here, let me, let me, we live in a day when everybody needs to get connected. In other words, let me ask you something. What, some of you relate to this. What, What in the world do you do when your internet goes out? We are so connected. And then worse than that, when your cell phone won't work. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? You li- or leave your cell phone somewhere. I mean, you, then you begin to realize, which reminds me, I forgot to silence mine today. Somebody... I mean, you know, you leave these things. We're so connected. So much of our lives is connected. Everything and everything is about connection. Your business I mean, think about trying to function. I mean, over at the office even, and and now with everything that we do, everything is connected. Well, life is better when we're connected. And, uh, you know, I was sitting in in the, I looked at the house this morning, and uh, I look back over the years that I've been here, and uh, I can tell you, this is hard for me to talk about without getting emotional, but uh, so many people, sitting here today that have uh, made such a difference in my life and my family's life that brought us to this point. Uh, I think about those that love my boys. Uh, Debbie, thank you, for, thank you for loving Ryan and Matthew. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about those days back. <laughs> you know you're getting older when you talk about the good old days. <laughs> In those days when Debbie would take them out, bless God, I think Matthew knew two chords and Ryan never stood up in front of a crowd in his life. And Debbie looked at Ryan and say, or Debbie looked at Matthew and said, Matthew, you're going to lead the worship tonight and Ryan, you're preaching. <laughs> Life is better when we're connected. And you know, a lot of times, Norval, you know, you, 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 if you aren't careful, uh, boy, that's funny seeing all y'all sitting in different places today. <laughs> I don't know if I can preach like this or not. Bill and Carolyn, you're sitting over there on this side. You right over, I'm like, when I'm old, lost my balance. Uh, this is great. I love it. But you realize how important it is that you don't let anything stop you from being connected. Now, we're not going to, you know, as always, we're not going to stick real close to the notes today. I'm going to share a few things with you out of them. But I'm mainly just going to talk to you from my heart. Uh, of course, Ephesians 4.16 says, From whom the whole body joined, listen, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. Did you hear that? Every joint supplies. You bring something. It's unique. It's special. It's beautiful. It, it's, it's a part of the whole. And without that part that you supply, something's going to be missing. You ever feel like something's missing? You ever forget something? That is the worst feeling. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you know, I'm supposed to do something. I was supposed to be somewhere. I was supposed, what was it? Something's missing. Well, that's kind of what it's like in the body of Christ when everybody doesn't do their part. It feels like something's missing. 
And sometimes that something is missing. That it, can, it can be you. Don't allow anything to rob you of staying connected and staying in the house. I know people get hurt. I know people get, get uh, crossways. And I know people have issues. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But let me tell you, don't let anything stop you from being connected. So that you don't miss. Listen, how many of you believe that there are divine appointments that God sets up in your life? Let me tell you, you get to those divine appointments by staying in the house, by staying connected, by staying a part of what God is saying and speaking. You know, let me give you a perfect example of this. Uh, I've been doing this since I was, I started preaching, man, when I was 15 years old. I'd love to go back and hear that sermon. I bet that was a barn burner. (laughs) You know, I can still see myself, you know, at the First Baptist, man, at 15 First Baptist Church behind the pulpit on a Sunday morning. But so many people go into making your life complete and whole. And even now, a lot of times, a lot of the messages and the series that I bring, they're birthed out of something that Coach Skoda would say on Wednesday night. Well, the next thing you know, that word, that connectivity, that, that being connected and realizing that I need what he speaks and, and he needs what I speak and, and we feed off of each other. And the next thing you know, something alive has, something has come alive on the inside of me that I didn't see before. Amen. Or Drew gets up and he shares a word and the next thing you know, I'm sitting over here and it's like, inside of me. That happens because... Life is better when we're connected. And we need each other. There there are people that are raised up in this house that have a unique and a special part to play in this end time. And even yesterday, I mean, I don't believe in random things. When you walk with God, I believe God directs your steps. I ended up in fellowship yesterday afternoon with a good brother that just stopped by my house for a few minutes. And then the next thing you know, he's sharing something. And in the middle of him sharing something, Bill's sharing something. And then I begin to get something. I begin to have something stir on the inside of me. And so never believe that anything is too small as a point of obedience. When God puts something on your heart, Kay, when you're working and you're there and you're busy about doing what you do and, and all of that and all those opportunities that you have, the Holy Spirit will begin to rise up on the inside of you. And in the midst of that moment, God will drop a word in your heart. And it may not even make a whole lot of sense to you. But the next thing you know, you've been obedient. And that person leaves. And the Holy Spirit waters that thing, man. And that thing begins to grow on the inside of them. And their lives are touched and changed. And they're never the same. Life is better when we're connected. Somebody say amen. Amen. For whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We cannot grow apart from being connected. Can't. Not effectively. Not effectually. Not fervently. And not like God wants us to.
Psalm 68.6, this is one of the most beautiful passages in the Word to me. I love, some, you know, at some point we're going to declare this Word over this house. You know, we've, you know that we are the church and we are a family, but listen to what Psalm 68.6 is. God sits the solitary in families. Isn't that beautiful? He sits the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. Amen. Somebody say, I receive that. Not only does God set us in a family, but he says, I'm going to bring out those that need it who are bound and I'm going to bring you into prosperity because a sense of belonging to something is something that we all, have you ever noticed the camaraderie? How can you not notice it? I was watching the other day, Philip, I was, I was watching a baseball game and you know, one of the decided, one of the things that I really love about baseball coach is in the bottom of the ninth inning, Brother Bill Bench, I don't know where you are, the team you and I root for was behind. And the game was, they were behind by a run or two, and a guy hit a, hit a three-run home run. And the next thing you know, a bunch of 31, 32, 33, 35-year-old men are acting like little boys. They are running. They came running out on the field. And, of course, the guy that hit the home run, he's trying to protect himself because <laughs> he's afraid they're going to hurt him. They're pouring water on him. The next thing you know, he's doing an interview, and there's a pie in the face, foam right in the face. A bunch of grown men act like little boys. Why? Because there is a, a stirring, there is something positive about a team concept. It's unlike anything else in the world. They have each other's backs, man. Let me tell you something. They may have a little uh, uh, disagreement from time to time, but you better not turn on one of them. Because you, you're going to have to deal with a whole team, baby. I love that. Why? Because life is better, Bobby, when we're connected. And you know... It's in, in a lot of senses, a, a, a team concept is a lot like people who've gone through the war. They, they've been through, you know, in ministries this way. Those of you that have ministered on, in foreign field, you know this. You go through the hard times together, you make it through, and you come out stronger. But you come out even more connected. So one more time, I want you to say, life is better, life is better. when we're connected. We're to, what are we talking about? We're talking about community. We're talking about each person having a sense of belonging, each person having a sense of acceptance, and each person having a sense of significance. And one of the things that God has challenged us in this house to do is to speak into people's lives and then free people to do great things. All right. Did you hear what I said? Free people to do great things. Free people to become uh, who they've been called to be by Almighty God. And that's what you're going to see today. I walked through that foyer out there this morning with a sense of awe, amazement, just totally, completely, I, I don't even have enough adjectives to describe what I felt, coach, in that sense. Out there just looking around and saying, God, look at this. Look at these people rising up and becoming how you've called them to be. And the great thing about that is we can all have a part of that. Through your giving, 
through your loving, through your caring, through your connectivity, through your praying, we all become a part of that. Susan has said it, and we're going to say it again. I want everybody to say we're better together. Boy, was this never been truer. A biblical community brings strength. You know, a rope that is strong, you can get a one-strand rope, and it'll do a little bit. But you know what? You can get one that's about three or four strands, Connie. And you know what? If you have to, I've seen people towing vehicles with a rope. Because it was made stronger by the fact of three or four of those strands were wrapped around together, wound tight, and then it became stronger than just one strand by itself. That's why this is so important. Community includes all believers. Close relationships aren't automatic, but they're a direct result of time, energy, cultivation. Listen to this, and this is important. Involved risk. I know at times it's easy to say, you know what? I don't want to risk being hurt. Now, anybody in here who's been alive for very long has been hurt in some way. And if you've gone to church... There's a, it happens in church. It happens in community. But you can't stop. I want to share a story with you. There were two friends, and this is, this is going to apply to some of your hearts and lives. There were two friends who were uh, walking through the desert. And at some point of the journey, they got into an argument. They had a disagreement. And one of the friends got so upset that he slapped the other friend in the face. Well, the one who got slapped was hurt, but without saying anything, he knelt down and he wrote in the sand. And here's what he wrote in the sand. He wrote this, Today, my best friend slapped me in the face. Well, they kept on walking. Listen, here's a, here's a, here's a great point. They kept on walking. In spite of the hurt, in spite of what happened, they were in a tough situation. They'd been going through the desert. So they kept on walking, and they came upon an oasis. And so they decided to try to take a bath, get some water on them, get clean because it was hot and sweaty and, and just nasty. Well, the one who had been slapped in the face, the one who got slapped in the face, ended up stepping in a place where he didn't really belong and stepped into quicksand, began to sink, and started drowning. But the friend that had slapped him reached out, grabbed him by the arm, and pulled him up from the quicksand. So after he recovered from that, from that near drowning, he wrote something, but he wrote it on a stone this time. And on the stone he wrote, Today, my best friend saved my life. So the friend who had slapped him and saved his best friend, he asked him, After I hurt you, you wrote in the sand. And now, you write this on a stone. Why? The friend looked at him and said, When someone hurts us, We should write it down in the sand where the winds of forgiveness can erase it away. But when someone does something good for us, we must engrave it in stone where no wind can ever erase it. 
Yes, connectivity and getting involved does involve risk. But here is the the truth of this. Learn to write your hurts in the sand and to carve your blessings in stone. And if you'll do that, life will be so much better. Someone said this, it takes a minute to find a special person. It takes an hour to appreciate them. It takes a day to begin to love them. But it takes an entire lifetime to forget them. Do not value the things you have in your life, but value those you have known in your life. Because when it's all said and done, the things that matter the most aren't things at all. Those things are really given to us by God to enhance not only the kingdom, but to enhance our relationships with one another. We have, you know, we, we don't live in a mansion, but I tell you what, we're blessed. We have a nice house. It's comfortable. But you know, when that house is the most awesome, it's when it's got Two sons and grandbabies running around, making a mess, enjoying it within limits, as much as you can have limits. Why? Because it's not there just to look at. It's there to enjoy. It's there to be connected. That's what this house is about. You know what? We're not doing all this. We didn't do all that in the parking lot. We didn't do all that in the foyer just for everybody to stand back and look at. Bless God. You know, when it came alive, it was alive this morning. Why? Because it was full of you. You were out there. You were connecting. You were rubbing elbows. You were sharing testimonies. Hallelujah. The blessings of things are for a purpose. In all of our lives. And so, yes, risk is involved, but it's well worth it. I want you to make a decision today. Everybody say, today, today I, decide. I decide. And here's what I want you to decide today. I want you to be a part of something. I want you to be included and be connected. I want you to be a part of something that is bigger than you are. I want you to be loved and valued, and I want you to love and value others. I want you to know that that you're needed and you're useful to others. I want you to share common values and purpose. But not only seek personal satisfaction when you come into this house, but also seek to contribute. You'll never feel complete in life and blessed in life to the full extent until you become a contributor and not just a taker. See, relationships can't just be one way. They have to be two. There has to be, everybody say, give Give. and take. Give and and receive, same thing. And so that's important. Not only that, but the decisions, this decision means that you're moving from just being an observer to becoming a contributor, contributing your gifts, what you're good at, your talents, your time, and your finances to participate you know, we live in a society that's known for its mobility and its, root, its uh, rootlessness. Job transfers and life changes and career moves are all a part of life. 
in America. But I want you to know there is something spiritually significant that happens when a person moves from just attending a church to becoming an integral and a functioning part of that church because a great relationship to your church is vital and growing. It's having a heart full of passion, excitement, faith for the future. It is a love that is motivated to help build the house, to engage in the vision and please Jesus who is the head of the church. I'm not the head of this church. Jesus is. This is his church. There, I got one, and real quickly, and we're going to get done, seven reasons you ought to love your church and get involved. First of all, your church loves God with passion and heart. Unapologetically love God with passion and heart. Number two, your church creates an atmosphere where Jesus' presence touches lives. Number three, your church honors the Word of God all the time, everywhere. Number four, your church genuinely cares for and loves all people. Red, yellow, black, white, here, there, everywhere. Number five, your church reaches out to the community in meaningful ways. You're going to see it on display today. Number six, your church loves your children and your youth with fervent love. We do everything we can to speak into their lives, to protect them, to put them in an atmosphere where they can grow and learn and become disciples of Jesus. We want our children to be loved. It's not just a babysitting service over there. Whether it's in Children's Church or J-12, the Word of God is being ministered to your children and to your grandchildren. And let me tell you what, I can attest to this. Because both of my sons have come up here, and now I'm watching my grandchildren. Their lives are impacted. I heard a great testimony this morning. One of the folks at the, at the uh, ministry fair this morning, they said, you know, my daughter came in the other day and had a little grandchild with her and uh, said the, the uh, I can't remember if it's a boy or girl, but anyway, they said, uh, they said, mommy's feeling bad, so pray, pray for her. And so the child only knew one prayer. So she went over and put her hands on her and said, Lord, bless this food. <laughs> thought, well, you know what? I got to think about it. Man, that's pretty good because, you know, bless the food in there. Something in there making her feel bad. So, <laughs> Lord, bless this food. So what they did, they, and they took that as a teaching moment. And they said, you know, well, hey, now just change that prayer. Lord, thank you for mommy being healed. And so the little child just did it. What an awesome opportunity to touch the hearts and lives. And let me tell you something. It means so much to me be able to stand here and dedicate not only your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren to Jesus. That's not just something that we do that's a formal thing, you know, like this to get it over with. I'm going to tell you, I take it personally. It means so much to me to be able to stand and then dedicate generations and watch uh, kids that I taught in high school, watch them grow up and get married, and then watch them not only have their own kids, and then dedicate those kids to the Lord, but then watch them have grandchildren and dedicate those babies to the Lord right here at this altar. I want everybody to say, life is better better. when we're connected. connected. Did we have fun watching our grandkids play soccer yesterday? Amen. The only thing I'm having to deal with as a grandfather watching my, my grandkids play, play, my grandson play soccer is this. I'm old school. I'm like, Ty, boy, 
Knock them down if you got to. Get the ball. <laughs> what is the problem? Because Ty's in there kind of like he's trying to, he's trying to, he's in there. I'm like, come here, boy. <laughs> I don't want to get him in trouble. And then my other problem is this. Ty scored a goal yesterday because I'm over there, man. Just, and then at the end of the game, I'm like, who won? I don't know who won. I left. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know who won? Somebody's got to win. somebody got to lose. What is the problem? And they're like, oh, no, that's not what it's like. So I'm, I'm a grandpa's adjusting. He's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to deal with, it. I want, Hey, I'm like, let's get this thing on the road. Come on, people. Let's get some pads on if we have to, let's get that ball in that net. Pretty soon I'm one of them. I'm one of them guys. They're going to be like, sir, you need to go over there and sit down over on. Uh. Not only does your church love your children and your youth with fervent love, but your church reaches many nations with the gospel. Thank God for that. I am, uh, we're getting ready to send a team of uh, how many, Woody? 22 people are leaving this house next month, headed to Ghana on a medical mission, taking supplies, going into places where the villages have virtually no medical care at all, where the life expectancy is so short. Going to a village that we've been to many times to where one of the, the things that they have to deal with on a regular basis is they get bit by these flies that cause them to go totally blind. And so they're taking, I know at last I count I got, I can't remember, uh, some of you guys have to tell me, the last I heard, we're taking 10,000 doses of medicine to those villages that will eradicate that. Touching communities here at home. Talking with somebody right now that has a heart for what's going on here in, in, in our community. And they're like, Brother Scotty, here's what I want to do when uh, first responders go to families that are going through terrible trauma and they have to deal with so much. I want to find churches in that community that will connect with them and reach out to them and touch them while they're hurting. Oh, powerful stuff. I'm going to ask those of you that are uh, sitting at the tables and uh, overseeing a ministry fair, if you will, real quietly right now, just get up out of your seat and go to your tables. Those of you that are uh, ministering in the uh, ministry fair, if you'll do that right now, the rest of you, just stay with me just another moment. Man, I look at all these people go out and you realize, there goes, uh, as, as, as these people walk out, realize what you're seeing is you're seeing prisoners being ministered to. That's what you're seeing. You're, because that's, that's, part of the, that's one of the ministries that's back there. They minister to prisoners. You're seeing 
hospital visits that are being made, uh, convalescent centers. Amen. Once they get out there, there we go, guys. If you'll close those doors, amen, because they're, they're starting to have fun already. Hallelujah. <laughs> how beautiful that is, how powerful it is. All of these people in all these places represent a part of you. And I want you to take some time today to get to know them. Now, I'm not letting you out early so you can run down and beat the other church to the eating out place. I'm letting you out. We're getting out early today specifically because I believe this is a priority and it's so important. Walk around, get connected, see what's going on. Find places that you can connect. See what is going on. You know, you're, can I just say this? If for no other reason, you're an investor. You invest in the kingdom of God. You invest in this house. I want you to see what your investment is producing. I want you to see what God is doing with what you give. I want you to see what's going on when you can't see it. Because a lot of times we think, oh, what's happening here just happens on Sunday. There's so much going on that you don't see. And I want you to be aware of that. And so, but connecting with your gifts and faith and prayers to the church, it multiplies your kingdom effectiveness and your ability to impact cities and regions and nations of the world. We can't be everywhere at once. I can't. Listen, can I just tell you this, church? I know it's going to be a revelation for you. But if I can do everything that needs to be done in here, this church is out of the will of God. Oh, that's weak. Well, you're the preacher. There isn't anywhere in the Bible where, that it says the preacher is supposed to be able to do everything that needs to get done. That's ridiculous. I can't carry it all. I can't do everything that needs to be done. I am not gifted for some of the things that you're gifted for. Some of you are good at things that I'm not good at. You're blessed to be able to do things that I cannot do. You have something inside you that I don't have. God wants to raise you up and put you out there and make you uh, aware of the fact that you have a special place to feel just like I do, like we all do. But I got news for you. I can't do it all in this church and I'm not going to do it all. God's going to raise up other people to help not only hold up my hands, but to do what I can't do. That is the sign of a healthy church. That is the sign of a healthy ministry. The preacher can't do it all. Bless God. I don't want to be able to do it all. I need you and you need me. Hallelujah. But you know, there's going to always be, I'm telling you in this house, there's going to be always an opportunity to serve, which translates in an opportunity, listen, to meet new people who could ultimately become lifelong friends. You never know where you're going to meet somebody that's going to just, you're going to connect and, and they're going to make it be a difference maker in your life. The large gatherings of our church services are great for worship, teaching, and vision. Believe me, we're going to uh, uh, always do that. But you will, you will get more out of your relationship to church if you connect to a small group of people and do life together rather than alone. So I want you to make a decision today. Step out, step up, get involved, and find out what God's got for you. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. Our services are held on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.